0: have on the podcast today, Mr. Travis Wolf, uh, who is in Fort Worth, Texas, played college golf at TCU. And we are looking forward to hearing uh, more about his story, uh, his experience of college golf, uh, and then working on staff with College Golf Fellowship. Alongside me is also Jace Barber. Jace, how are you doing?
1: Doing great. Beautiful morning here in South Georgia. Pop to talk to Trav and spend some more time with you. It's great.
0: Mm. Well, travis welcome to the podcast thanks buddy so tell us more about your uh where you live and where you minister and just introduce uh the listeners to who you are yeah so um
1: i mean even I though Texas. Every, everybody probably already knows Trav, but still do uh, this just so uh, we can <laughs> just so we can follow the course, normal yeah.
2: protocol that'd be great yeah, yeah i mean kind of Little, little different, kind of bigger time name today than some of the guys you've had on, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, Travis Wolf, worked with College Golf Fellowship on staff uh, in Fort Worth. Um, been from the Fort Worth area my whole life, uh, born and raised here. Um, like Toby said, played golf at TCU uh, from 2006 to 2010, which Toby and I had a little um, intersection there. Uh, we played against each other some, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. I'm not sure our record, but uh, I, I think Jace can, can look that up. Um, but but yeah, I have a, a beautiful wife, Katie. We've been married for almost 11 years now, three kiddos, uh, Patton, Palmer, and Pearson. Uh, boy, girl, boy, our oldest. Patton is six years old. Uh, our little girl just turned five this week, um, Palmer, and then Pearson, our two-year-old. Uh, who is a, uh, a tornado, but uh, still with a ton of love. So i uh, been on staff since 2014 with College Golf Fellowship now, uh, all here in Fort Worth, uh, which has been awesome.
1: Nice. What did what did you do in that in-between 2010-ish, like 11 until CGF?
0: I'm just curious.
2: <laughs> yeah, so played professional golf for about three and a half years. Um, in that time, played – played Canadian Tour for a year, kind of bounced around different mini tours and stuff. And um as remember as Marcus always told me, um, uh, made so much money in the mini tours, decided to retire and, and go into ministry. So um that's where I am now. <laughs> well
0: speaking of <laughs> our head to head record, I don't remember uh many of our matches um but we'll have to go do some golf stat digging i'm sean martin could probably tell us off the top of his head what our head-to-head record is but my last event as a professional golfer was out in texas
2: and i believe you won that event i you know what i did um fortunately for me, it was range, range shortened to only two rounds and I was leading. So I didn't even have to think about it. I just got a check after a few days of rain and then got to go home, which was awesome. So, um, win by default. We'll just say that.
1: I love that.
2: Love it. (laughs) Which is great. So, uh,
1: so then you start working for CGF, um, in Fort Worth, so for you, yeah. Like, uh, you know, we'll get to your story in a little bit, uh, but for you with CGF and being in Fort Worth, like, which schools do you generally minister to? Which guys are you hanging out with? uh Give us a little picture of that, just to so like,
2: yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'm fortunate to have a bunch of schools around me uh, in DFW, and kind of my counterpart, Dragon. Majors, our staff guy over in Dallas, we, we tag team a little bit. But the teams that I see normally are, are TCU, just because they're in my backyard, and, and NAIA school, uh, shout out to the Rams, Texas Westland, um, that has historically been a really, really good uh, NAIA school here in Fort Worth. Uh, UT Arlington, um, that Dragan and I see both together. And then I'll go down to Waco once a week and see Baylor and McLennan Community College. Uh, and then I'll do some Zoom stuff with Texas Tech. I'll see them every once in a while, and Abilene Christian, some other schools out west. I'll go see, uh, but kind of weekly, those five schools are the ones that I see. Uh, go down to Waco on Mondays and see McLennan and Baylor together, and the other schools throughout the rest of the week and, uh, and stuff. So I've gotten to I've gotten to build a bunch of relationships with those guys. Um, it was kind of cool that Coach McGraw so at Baylor I've known him for a long long time when I was young grew up uh, going to Oklahoma State golf camp and McGraw was the assistant coach there got to know him just in a sense idolized him we built a good relationship um, went off to play golf at TCU and continued to get to know Coach McGraw through College golf Fellowship because he'd come to a bunch of retreats and things like that and uh, and then when he got fired at Oklahoma State went to Alabama for a year they won and then uh, that year the Baylor job opened up, and that was 2014, which was the same. We might have been hired on the exact same day. I don't know. Ours, June 1st was in 2014 is when I started with CGF, and that's when uh, McGraw came in at Baylor. So it was a, a perfect kind of entry for me uh, coming to CGF, knowing him, his, his love for CGF, being on our board for a long time, Uh, And so getting to start that relationship down there in Waco with a bunch of those guys, which is pretty cool. So we've been able to do that together for the last nine, almost 10 years.
0: Yeah. it has got to be such a highlight of the week, uh, getting to see coach McGraw. And since we're, we're on that topic, I'd hate to go by talking about coach McGraw without you giving us kind of one or two things you've learned from him over the years.
2: Uh, Well, things i've learned is that he is uh he's not human uh he always says that he was bit he was uh got bitten bit by a spider i guess that's how you say it uh bit by a spider when he was young and this kind of never been normal since and so he he gets about four hours of sleep a night and uh he's a just a freak when it comes to discipline and, and writing and all that stuff but I I would say kind of in all seriousness, things that I've learned from him is just how much he cares for what he does. Um, Guys that come and play for him, uh, you know, it's, it's more than golf. Um, That he truly is taking the time to help shape them into men. And so the care for his craft as a coach, uh, he takes that very, very seriously. And so it's just kind of instilled in me this, man, whatever we do and whatever whatever we pursue, we want to love it and and do it in a an excellent way that honors God because it affects people. Uh, and so that's kind of the biggest thing that I've learned from him that encourages me. Now, if, if you want to try to be as disciplined as him, you're just going to fall flat on your face. Uh, I don't think people have tried that. Uh, I feel like I've tried it at times. I'm like, gosh, man, I can't keep up. And he's like, 80 years old. I don't even know how old he is, but he just keeps going. The bionic man, but it's because he got bit by a spider when he was like two. So not all of us can say that, I guess. So the modern day Spider-Man. Modern day Spider-Man. Love that. <laughs> uh, and then he's, he's still, he's still as limber as Camille VJ gets too. So he could do like that. Read, read the putt kind of like him, Spider-Man <laughs> putt reader. Uh, I think he might've been the originator of that. You would you would know more being a Florida guy. Uh, that's so oh yeah. I would. Uh,
0: I think I was able to somewhat take a look at putts like that, but I was nowhere close to what he was actually doing um, with Camilo's <laughs> Spider Man putting reading. It was it was impressive. I mean, may, maybe maybe you taught him that. Who knows? Were you all yeah, the team together? At all I know? <laughs> that's not we were not he graduated a couple years before i got there but i got to play three years uh, with his younger brother manny, his brother and yeah, that was a lot of fun Manuel. and whenever like we that. would talk about how in shape camila was manny would just go that's just just genetics <laughs> but so. <laughs> you, you have those genetics but anyway yeah. so
1: so Trav do you, do you generally go down to Waco because you just love spending time with Coach McGraw and the guys or is it like so that you can just be in the realm of Chip and Joanna
2: Gaines you know wow I mean it, it really is amazing going down there and I'll go on Mondays just sometimes Tuesdays but just random days you're just like how is this place so crowded every time yeah. And it's just a, a gold mine that those people they've created uh down there, which is cool. I mean, just even seeing in the last ten years how Waco's changed because of them, uh, is, is incredible. My wife and I used to watch their show all the time. Um it's just it's kinda of funny to see how they've they've sustained and kind of created Waco into what it is now. Like there's Wake come visit Waco and go on a tour. Like, who would do that 15 <laughs> years ago? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, so Bay- Baylor has greatly benefited from Chip and Joanna Gaines. Uh, let's just say that. Hopefully they'll give you free tickets or something. Who knows? <laughs> Not well, that they can't afford it.
0: <laughs> let's get into hearing some stories from your years playing college golf at TCU. Uh, you played for another legendary coach in the game, uh, Bill Monegal. Uh, but just share some stories of what it was like playing for TCU
2: when you were there. Yeah. So kind a little, a little bit of backstory, um, which is cool. I was thinking about this today and especially talking about Manuel and Camilo and um, my brother and I both played at TCU together, which is cool. And I think one of the tournaments that we played in against each other, Toby and my brother was on the traveling team too. And, and we got to travel together. So um I have one older brother Jordan year and a half and, and we grew up playing everything together, competing a ton. And, and, um, which was so fun. And so he went to TCU. Uh, and then I was fortunate the year after to, to get to sign with TCU. I, I met coach Montegall at, um, uh, also at um, Oklahoma state golf camp when I was a little kid and he was my van driver. And I always I always remember I was in his van and, um, he was he was never in a hurry to get there. And I was always, I mean, you guys know me, just like, okay, let's go, let's go fast. He's just, hey, take our time. We're gonna be fine. We're gonna get there and we're gonna get there safe every single time. Doesn't matter, for ten minutes behind everybody else. It's okay. Um but I, I got to sit in the front seat and get to know Coach Monegal really well. And and I remember um I was I was on the putting green at Mare Vista where I grew up, at a club in Fort Worth that TCU plays at and uh, I was I think I was a junior I think maybe a senior in high school Um, and talking to coach Montegale just as I was practicing and he was like man where do do you want to go to school and I was like yeah I really want to go to TCU I've sent stuff to all these other places and things like that and and, uh, I don't know how uh, NCAA legal it was but he's like you know kind of he's like all right send me your stuff and and then he ended up sending me a very, very small offer, but he offered for me to, to be on the team at that point, which was amazing. I was so, so fired up. So, um, went to TCU starting in 2010, my brother was there and, um, man, it, it was kind of always, always my dream. TCU is really good. Historically had a really good team, uh, but I was a cocky little 18 year old kid. And it was like, man, I'm going to come in and play. I remember my first semester, uh, not making a tournament at all, and was just devastated. Um, you know, as you guys know, you have other buddies on your team that that make the team and are traveling, and and we experience that all the time with guys. You get left home, and you're just like, you can kind of go one of two directions. You can either be kind of give up, or you can just say, "Hey, man, I'm just going to work hard." Uh, and that's what I did. I remember really starting to wake up super early, working out every day. And grinding and practicing, and I made my first tournament, which was in January of it would have been two thousand seven. So the Hawaii Hilo tournament um, on the Big Island, and I qualified. And I remember I shot seventy one at Colonial the last day, um, and it was tough. And ended up getting I, I qualified uh, and was so fired up, and went in that first tournament um, and played really well. Uh, shot in the 60s a couple times like had my career I think low round that final round um, and was just like on top of the moon it kind of propelled me to just go out like I I figured out how to qualify uh, and then just continue to play I played every tournament that semester got a ton of experience um, and then just kind of from there was, um, yeah, just kind of progressively continue to get better. I had a a coach guy named Dana Bellinger who was my swing coach, uh, who was kind of connected to TCU forever. Um, and getting to work with him still being in Fort Worth and kind of having those things set up for me, it, it was super, super helpful. Um, and I just continue wanting want to get better. And the great thing about coach Montegall is that he was never, or he is, it's never been a coach that uh, has just like kind of been on top of you. Like, Hey, you have to do this. You have to do this. Um, which I think he did a really good job. It's like, Hey, if, if you want to play in the PGA tour, if you want to play uh, professionally and do this, like you have to be self-motivated. You can't have anybody who's you know holding your hand at doing this. And, I was always kind of that self-motivated guy and wanted to get better and and did that. So um, just had a lot of great people around me that helped get me, help me get better um, and kind of reset desire to to play college golf and play at a high level and stuff. And so that, that was kind of the start. And one of the big highlights was that next year that my brother and I got to travel a ton uh, together and play together. I know that's a very kind of a rare thing in college golf that you got uh, two brothers uh, playing on the same top five together, uh, which was really cool. And so those were kind of some of the things early on uh, that I remember uh, about kind of my time playing at TCU. My last last couple of years, we, we continued to get better, which was fun. I think the highest we got ranked-wise was fourth in the country my senior year, which was – no, junior year. I can't remember, but I remember there was where our football team started to get good, uh, which was really cool. We had Andy Dalton, who's still playing the NFL now, and, and uh, Red Rocket. <laughs> let's go, baby! And um, so that that was just fun, like seeing a lot of things around TCU continue to get better, and the school kind of getting more recognition. And when you start to you know say the name TCU, people started to kind of know. It's like, oh, okay, I've heard of that. Which is which is really cool. So just to be a part of that, it's fun. Yeah. And obviously now, uh, going forward, just the football team and basketball team now, and a bunch of things, continue to get better. Just around the school, which is fun. That's
1: awesome. So, at what point was int- uh, CGF introduced to you? At, one, at what point did that start coming into the equation? And then you kind of off of that, what you just give us a a glimpse into your faith walk, how you came to know the Lord, how that looked through there. Um so just CGF, your faith walk, kind of start with that.
2: Yeah. Um so like I said, I, I grew up playing a club called uh called Meravista in Fort Worth. And and so my dad played college golf, good player. Um and I he we always play kind of had it was pretty amazing. Had a probably 20 plus scratch guys at Mira Vista. And there's always a scratch game that we could play in. And so my dad played in it a time growing up. And I remember kind of following him around and riding the cart with him and be like, man, I want to play in the, the money game with dad. Um, and I kind of finally got to the age where I could. And there's one guy that played in that, that game a guy named Charlie Stevens who played golf at TCU uh, back in the late eighties, early nineties, maybe. Um, and so, he, Charlie's a believer, was involved with College, College Fellowship, and I remember that when I signed with TCU, um, hearing about the Bible studies that he, he would host his house. So Brad Payne, our president at CGF, would come down, do our weekly Bible studies, and He'd do them at Charlie's house. And, um, and so a lot of kind of me being a kid growing up, like I had my brother I was telling you about, my dad wasn't a believer really until probably... He was about 41 or two or three, something like that. And, uh, kind of in that time, my brother and I are probably 12 and 13 years old. And he started to try to disciple my brother and I. Um, and we, I was always that kid that wanted to be like the good, good kid and competitive against my brother. I wanted to beat him in everything. And, um, but I always wanted to be that, like, good kid. And so when my dad was like, hey, come do this, do whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, I want my parents to see me as this, so I'll do it. But it never really kind of hit for me and struck. So um, got into college, got introduced to college, got fellowship, was going to Bible studies. and um, But really I was more doing it because it was my dad's buddy uh, that was hosting it. And so we'd go, we'd go on Thursday nights. And, um, I remember <laughs> – we always talked about this like, Hey, we're gonna go to, go to the CGF meeting. Uh, but Hey, Thursday night's a big night in college. Where are we going out after? Uh, and so it's like, we kind of get a little bit of our, our Jesus fix or hit or whatever on Thursday night and hang out. Uh, but then, you know, go party after. And so really kind of my first, first couple years of college was, Hey, I say I'm this, you know, Christian kid, this good kid. I'm, uh I'm going to church, I'm going to these CGF Bible studies and stuff like that. But, but man, the life that I lived was just this partier in college. And I, I wanted to uh, chase after good golf, one, but then I wanted to chase after everything that the college life had to offer, and that's partying and drinking and, and chasing after girls and all this stuff. And it didn't matter, you know, maybe how much I had that night before. On Sunday mornings, I'd still show up to church because my parents were there. I wanted them to see me. And so I kind of had this, this double life, um, that I was, I was seeking pleasure, but I was also seeking this, this praise of my parents and, and their friends and all this stuff. So I was kind of just caught in between these two life or yeah, just living these two lives. Um, and so continue to go to CGF, built a relationship with Brad, but really it was, um, it was at a college golf fellowship retreat. I remember Paul Sinkowski, who's playing the tour for a long time, now champions Tour, I think is doing pretty well. Um, went to a retreat there. And it was in, I remember it was August of 2008. So it was right before my junior year. And it, it was funny because my dad got baptized. He had been a believer for probably, I don't know, seven, eight years at this point. And the guy discipling him. Um, it was like, man, you hadn't got baptized. So like, you should, you should get baptized. And he's like, Oh yeah. And I remember going to that, that summer and I was like, man, I haven't really like been baptized. And, and so I went to that retreat uh, at Stanco's house and I talked to Brad. I was like, Hey man, I, w- I want to get baptized. And again, it was kind of this thing of, I wanted, I want to do it cause my dad did it. Um, and Brad was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like we'll talk about it. Um, and so I, I remember coming into that retreat I, I had met Katie, my wife, uh, a few months before this. And so, so some things started to change. So like the way that she was compared to the girls that I had dated before, like it was different. And so I think the Lord was kind of starting to stir in my heart and convict me in a lot of ways. But I, I remember a guy named Matt Chandler spoke um, in that first session, he spoke over Psalm 32 and David's hidden sin. And he, and he talked about. uh, his hidden sin with Bathsheba and his conviction and how he was wasting away of his sin kind of just weighing on him. Um, and it wasn't until he repented and came to the Lord that he was just relieved of this. And man, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, this whole life I had been living in college, um, saying I was a Christian, but doing everything contrary to how God had called me to live. Um, man, it's, it's just like God opened my eyes. Like I had heard the gospel thousands of times. We'd gone to a great church in Fort Worth, um, you know, getting to hang around Brad being at different college Girl fellowship stuff. And it was what the Lord used me in that time, in that moment. And, and I remember right after that, I said, Hey, Brad, can we just sit and talk? And for about 45 minutes, I just, I just kind of word vomited all over him in a sense. And just saying, Hey, this is who I am really here is the um the thing just the sin that I've been living in this um this pursuit of of pleasure and this pursuit of um approval of man and it was just kind of in that moment that that the Lord opened my eyes to say like hey all that that true pleasure and that true approval that you desire is is found in Christ alone uh and man I I said I'm in, and, and it really was just crazy. Um, just in that moment, what the Lord did, and I actually did get baptized that weekend, which is pretty cool in Stanco's cool. Uh, but it was for the right reasons. It wasn't. It wasn't because my dad is, and what wasn't because whatever. It's because, man, hey, I'm proclaiming to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and I'm i in, uh, which was so cool. And so, kind of from from that point on, continue to get discipled by Brad. Um, him coming down to Fort Worth all the time. Like, and I, I wanted to, I want to know what it would what it look like to, to read my Bible, uh, to walk with Jesus on a daily basis, uh, to date my girlfriend, Katie, who is now my wife. Well, like, what does the Bible say about that? Like, how do I share my faith? How do I, um, mean, just honor God in my golf. Like, what does that look like? Um, And, and the, all those kind of questions that we help walk, help guys walk through in college. man, those were the things that, um, I was asking Brad and he said, okay, Hey, come on, which was so cool. Man, that
0: is so good. Uh, thank you for sharing so much of that. And I'm just kind of interested you said that Sankowski's retreat was before your senior year. Is that right? Before my junior year. Yeah. Right before my junior year. So (laughs) yeah what did life kind of look like those following two years being on the golf team? What were some of the things that changed things that were difficult? Mm-hmm. What was that like?
2: Yeah. Um, so you kind of, especially my first couple of years, like you have your running buddies, right? Like in college, like, Hey, the guys you're planning on, on going out with and, uh, partying with and, and doing all this stuff. And, and there was kind of an immediate conviction and, um, that that I I just kind of understood man I kind of have to remove myself a little bit um, because I know if if I'm going to continue to run with these guys that I'm just going to fall right back into the same thing and so there was this in a sense period of I guess you could call it isolation uh, in friendships because I was trying to figure out like man who do I want to run with Uh, and I remember Brad Payne saying, saying this to me and I, I say this to guys all the time. Now he said, take your five best friends and average those guys out. And that's who you are. And so that was, that just kind of struck me Man, who do I want to be? Um, and who am I, who I am be- going to become is going to really be determined a lot of who I'm hanging out with. And so kind of in that time, Uh, especially kind of starting off, there's just some people that I had hurt and um, sinned against in a way. And so I kind of pursued those people and and went and apologized in ways and and just kind of told them a little bit what what God had done in my life, which is nerve wracking. I don't know if y'all have ever done something like that, but just some things that you've done uh, that have hurt people and and just like crap. I am exposing myself to get just in a sense, crucified here by this person. Uh, And there's just this weight that the Lord put upon me to, to go out and go, go apologize. Um, And, you know, most people are like, okay, yeah, like, hey, thanks, whatever. Um, But there was a sense of weight kind of the Lord took off in some of those conversations that I had, um, which was pretty cool. But so a lot of the friendships that I started to build in, at TCU or more revolved around like, Hey, who wants to pursue the Lord? Um, and then CGF as well. So like pressing into my relationship with Brad, uh, at retreats, getting to know guys more like Dragan and I started to become really good friends. He was playing golf at SMU at the same time We're the exact same age. Uh, so getting to know him and other guys just associated with college golf fellowship, guys that I would see at tournaments, um, guys that I would kind of see in summers and, and going to CGF uh, Bible studies at uh, at tournaments, uh, college tournaments. I remember, oh, I think we were in, we were playing that uh, North Florida's event. Did you ever play that one um, at Sawgrass Country Club? Yeah,
0: we played as a team. I only made that lineup once, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> well, maybe fortunately. Well, I guess you've been around that place a ton, especially in March or February when they play and it's blowing 30 and that place is so narrow um i have some uh, a few nightmares of from that place but i i just i remember going like well hey there's a cdf bible study that i heard about and and bun taught it and so i got to know bun and some of those other guys and so those were kind of some of the relationships that i started to cling to um in those last two years of of college and just a sense of accountability um that, you know, I remember talking with Brad, it's like, you know, what are what are certain boundaries that I have I should have with with Katie and our our dating relationship, what that looks like. And so we we'd meet often kind of about stuff like that. And, um so just the importance of, of pursuing relationships that were gonna build me up in my faith instead of kinda of draw me away from the Lord, uh, which was lonely at times, but also um, man, so life giving as well uh, and so really it was just kind of these two different pictures of who i was in college that first half and second half um which you know i i, I kind of see the lord's sovereignty in that that when i'm able to see and hang out with guys and um man i i get it like i i understand that the pursuit of what you think the movies and social media say that you can have in college uh and man i'm here to tell you it's it's empty a little bit of like Solomon and Ecclesiastes, like, man, I've had all that stuff. I get it. And it's just not going to bring you life. Uh, But man, walking and pursuing with the Lord and trying to do that faithfully, not without stumbling by any means, Uh, man, the Lord had so much growing and and maturing me in those, in those first couple of years. And um, I, you know, said a bunch of stupid things still and, uh, and I still do. And, still have to ask for forgiveness and didn't do things perfectly and stumbled in in ways. um, But just understanding that forgiveness and like, man, the the Lord's just better. He really is. So that, those were just kind of my last couple of years of school that really the Lord just formed me and shaped me in a lot of ways.
1: So going on from that, you know, that CGF had a significant impact in your life and, um, was a role in you, you know, coming to that full knowledge of the gospel and going from death to life. And that's, um, it's a really cool connection. And like that, that means that CGF has a special place in your heart. And then you said you can, you came on staff at CGF in 2014. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So what did that okay. look like? Um, and what was that decision like when you were finishing up pro golf and trying to trying to decide what you want to do next um, was ministry always like oh that's what I'm doing you know after golf or was it you know hey I'm gonna go into the business world and then how did you come to the the decision to be a CGF and what does that look like the last almost ten years which is so cool that there's that group of you you guys that are coming up on ten years it's really neat so let's just talk yeah. about it a little bit
2: so. Um... So f- kind of my whole goal, even those last couple of years of, of TCU was to man, play pro golf, like pray, play professionally, get on the PGA tour, like host the college golf fellowship retreat. Like that was kind of my dream. So I can, t- I really did continue to get better. Probably have my best, um, kind of best season of golf was probably my, uh, in between my junior and senior year. So about a year later, um, and gosh, I remember I was, we, I talk about this, this with coach Montague often when there's guys that are slow on, on the team and just like, man, pull the trigger. I kind of went overboard with some golf psychology stuff in my junior year. And I, I think I was the slowest player in college golf and I hated myself. Uh, and that, so that's like spring of junior year. And I remember we were, we were good. And so, like, I was so nervous about like getting a, a one shot penalty or two shot penalty for I was on the clock so much. I remember we, we we're regionals my junior year at Carson Creek, and it was it was so hard. We were grinding, and and it was like every round there had to be like a committee review if I was going to get a shot or something because it was <laughs> and I just couldn't pull the trigger. I remember my the guy the guy that I was working with. You know, told me said, "Hey, unless you are perfectly committed and ready, like don't hit the shot." And I like took that too literally, and I just nice. like I would back off. Uh, I remember at nationals that year we were playing at Inverness in 2009, so it was the first year that they had uh, match play. And um, I remember backing off so many times on a putt. I think it was number one. It was number one or ten. There's two holes that kind of go out from the clubhouse there at Inverness. And I backed off from a I think maybe like the third time. And I faked something being in my eye just because I was so embarrassed about backing off again. Cause I could tell the guy I was playing <laughs> with was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was so bad. It was a bee. Did you see that uh, bee? It was a bee.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. My eye. Oh God.
0: Going and, and Tommy man, boy like, on. You know, There's bees everywhere.
2: Man. Ah, ah. <laughs> and it, I, I remember this was, this is the first time Katie. So my wife, we were dating that she came to watch me play competitively. And after she was like talking to my mom, and my mom is um, like super intense when, when watching us play. And and Katie was like, why why would he just won't hit it? What's he doing? She's like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. What he just needs to hit the ball. <laughs> and so I was like paralyzed. And we, we ended up um we ended up finishing ninth that year. So it's the the odd team out that didn't make match play, which was tough. I mean we were in second place with uh with nine holes to play and ended up finishing ninth. Did Toby, did y'all play that year at Inverness?
0: We did. That was my senior year. And I, I think I beat at least five <laughs> to six guys um, in the stroke play portion.
2: Uh, Gosh, that we I were mean, way that out. place was that place was brutal. We we started on the back nine that last day of stroke play, and we had so we had to play the front nine, and that section from three to nine was so hard, and we just vomited everywhere. Oh. Yeah, uh, and I that was tough. I I think I shot seventy nine that round. And I was like, gosh, man. Georgia ended up slipping in, and that was their team that was incredible. So they had Brian Harmon, they had um, Harris English, Hudson Swafford. Uh, Russell Henley and, um, gosh, who, uh, I want to say Adam. I can't remember the other guy. Adam Mitchell, maybe? Yeah. uh, I can't remember. But they ended up finishing eighth and played the number one seed, Oklahoma State, and ended up beating him. Uh, and Oklahoma State won stroke play by like 30 shots. I mean, it was that they had Ricky, they had Peter Uline, Morgan Hoffman, um, uh, Kevin Tway and Trent Leon. I remember they were just. It was like the two best teams ever in college golf. Those two teams, and they got faced the first round of match play, and, and yeah. Oklahoma State got beat, which was tough. But uh, so I don't. Where Where was I going with this? Um, talking about uh, gun, we're like,
1: talking <laughs> about coming to CjF <laughs> about- and pro and stuff. It's all okay, right. Yeah, no, yeah, but, yeah, no, no, but no, but I want to touch on one completely- thing completely. I want to touch on one thing. You know, you said you know, your dream was to play professional golf and to like host a retreat and stuff. And I mean, in reality, that dream has pro- probably come true, you know, cause like Toby probably had that dream. I've had that mm-hmm. dream. Everybody's had that dream and the dream has come true. It was just, it was given from our brains and stuff to Scotty Scheffler and he just took all of it and he's just doing yeah. it now. And we're just living, v- we're living vicariously through Scotty, yeah. you know, taking yeah. everybody's dreams and making them
2: reality. Yeah. So. Honestly, but. all I want to do is beat him. All I want to do is beat him in pickleball, That's and I it. just can't. He's just too good. It's ridiculous.
1: Some guys it's just ridiculous. have it. Some guys just have it.
2: They do. So they do. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord uses that humbly. Yes, he does uh, to humble humble us a lot. All
1: right, so we got about okay, so, we got about ten minutes yeah. left. We're gonna go back to the question. <laughs>
2: okay. How okay, did sorry back to the question? How did okay. you come to CGF? So,
1: and what does it look like? So since?
2: one, yeah, play play good golf that literally right after that. So I kind of snapped out of, it was one lesson with my, with my, uh, swing coach that just snapped out. Of he said, just take one practice swing and hit it. Don't care. And I played like the best golf of my life that summer right before my junior year, uh, into my senior year and continued. So I was like, man, I want to play pro golf. Like, I think I can do it. And, uh, um, and so I pursued it. So played at Canadian tour, uh, that first year, missed out of key school. And, was just kind of missing and and longing for the the sense of community that we had centered around studying god's word in college when brad would come do it so i remember talking to brad and talking to marcus and said man we don't have this out here like playing canadian tour and playing um you know the tour formerly known as the hooters tour um the adams tour all the stuff and they're like well why don't you just start it and i was like okay uh, so it was probably a year in and I started doing the Bible study on the Adams tour we were playing. And, uh, I remember at that time was, I was li- listening a ton to Matt Chandler cause he had a huge impact on me. And then I was listening a ton to Tim Keller. I mean, I just driving all over the country. Like I would just listen over and over and just constantly to sermons and sermon series and stuff like that. And I was listening to one from Keller over Romans And so I was like, well, I guess I'll teach Romans and just kind of regurgitated whatever he said. uh, People would ask questions in a Bible study. I was like, I don't know, like, go listen to the sermon. Like, this is kind of what he says about it. I guess it, I guess it must be true. Um, But I I grew in this affection to, to gather guys, you know, like I would print little flyers and put them on the putting green and and say, Hey, we've got Bible study for the, before the first round, the night before the first round. And, Uh, you know, we'd have anywhere from four to 12 guys and that we were traveling with the bunch and, and my desire and affinity for preparing, organizing and studying for these, uh, Bible studies kind of grew. And unfortunately my golf game just went south. Um, I got the, I got the two way miss, um, off the tee, which was tough. I mean, it, it was Every time, and it didn't matter if it was driver or two iron or whatever it was, and I was just terrified. And you um, know
1: you know, Brad wh- Payne was back in Dallas just praying for that two-way mess. <laughs> Lord, please what give T-Wolf gotta, the two-way mess.
2: After, after I did come on staff, they were, they were saying, I was like, well, we, we prayed that you would make it big and, and give give a ton of money, or you would just lose your golf game and come work for us. I'm like, well, don't tell my wife that, because she, <laughs> she, she, she I don't think she was at least initially too fond about the latter. Um, and so it just kind of had this, man, I was so down. Like everybody who's played competitive golf has gone through these seasons to where you're just like, man, am I ever going to get it back again? But I was just growing in this affection to um, to teach God's word. And, and so kind of in that kind of the middle part of me playing professionally, it was like, man, this might be something I want to do. Um, and no thoughts of ministry ever before that. Uh, and so kind of progress on, uh, I was going to start playing my last year. This was kind of, uh, Katie and I got married in 2012, um, in May and I played for another probably year and a half after that. And it was in January of 2014. I was going, I went down to Lima, Peru and, uh, tried to qualify for Latin America tour shot two, you know, like like seventy eight eighty or something the first two rounds and i had already kind of been thinking about man should i should i play this year or not and had people kind of continue to encourage me hey man just you'll, you'll get out of it you'll go and it was there that I called katie and she was a teacher at the time which was great because we actually had some income because i was not make any playing golf um and i said hey babe like yeah i'm done uh this i'm gonna finish the last two rounds and and, um and coming home we're gonna figure out what we're gonna do and I uh I remember I actually played decent the last I think I shot under par the last two rounds just this weight and freedom of like man this this isn't who I am and there's so much wrestling when I was playing professional golf and there's a lot of guys that did so well but I just didn't do it well I put so much of my identity and my score and my status you know when you get home playing professional golf tournaments and stuff hey man how you playing like what's going on. And especially when you're not playing good, you, you always have to like make up some kind of positivity. Like, Oh man, I'm working on this, but I think it's going to get When you're just lying out of your teeth, like, man, I'm playing crappy and I'm just not good. <laughs> <laughs> and like kind of the freedom to be like, Hey man, I'm just, I'm just wasn't good enough to make it. And that's okay. And so Katie and I, we just start praying. like, man, Lord, what do you want us to do? Uh, I had gotten a degree at TCU in finance and real estate. My brothers in real estate I had some other guys doing that, and some other kind of golf supporters that I had that had other businesses that um, I went and kind of shadowed and, and talked about doing. And and when I mentioned ministry, like my wife, she was not. She was like ministry, like what? And it um, just kind of this dream that we had together the whole time we were dating was to play pro golf. And so this this kind of dream died with us together. And, and I was, I kind of, I had already wrestled through a lot of it, and, but she had to process that kind of herself and it really through seeking counsel with um, pastors and friends and CGF guys and businessmen and, and stuff. And through a lot of prayer, I remember she came to me a few months later and it definitely was not immediate. It was, it was tough. And especially cause I had nothing to do. She was going to work every day and I was just kind of sitting around twiddling my thumbs like man, what am I going to do? And um, I remember she came, just saying, "Hey, I, I trust you in the decision you make for our family because I, I know who you trust." And and as a as a man, like for your wife to say that to you, like this this sense of I trust you, is mean, is really what we desire uh, as men. She's saying like, "Hey, I, I'm going to follow you where you go. I trust you leading us." Um, but also there comes a huge responsibility that that God gives us as men to, to lead our family well. And so I had to wrestle through like, man, do I want to do this just because I think it would be fun or has God really put this this desire in my heart and prepared me for that? And so probably another few weeks later, us coming together saying like, I think God has prepared me, um, for ministry in the college golf world, um, through my, just journey through junior golf, through college golf, through professional golf and kind of my faith in the middle of that and how the Lord just saved me in that and changed me. Um, I mean, he's been preparing me for this to be able to care for guys in that same space that I was in. And so, um, that was probably April maybe, and uh, I had had conversations with Brad and guys like that, but I just started hammering them just begging, okay, Hey, I'm in like, when am I going to start? Maybe may patient, all this stuff. And, uh, and, you know, I'm not sure if they, <clears throat> I guess they were praying for me in a sense, but I feel like I bugged them more than anything to come on staff than they actually maybe wanted me. Um, at least that's what I thought early on. Um, but I said, man, this, this is where I want to be. And, um, Finally, they hired me, and I started June of 2014. And uh, man, it, it has been been so fun ever since to see what the Lord has done, uh, and being able to see it from our side, of, kind of our side of the table, and looking back and caring for guys in the same space that we were uh, those you know 15 years ago or so.
1: Man, that's awesome! I just absolutely love working with you two. You guys are. Incredible men and great husbands, great fathers. Trav, you're just your stud. You really are. And uh, Toby, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Do a little rapid fire, and then we'll we'll close it out. You want to you want to lead our rapid fire?
0: I will. We will it, start as, with
1: asking him like you know, like he doesn't do it every week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the food questions. You take the golf questions. Um, so Travis. Favorite meal of the day.
2: Favorite meal of the day, coffee.
0: Coffee. Okay.
2: <laughs> yes. uh, Walk out? us yes, through
0: <laughs> your morning cup. How do you make it?
2: Oh, pour over. Our beautiful staff member, Nori Stain, uh, I think probably in 2015 or 16, introduced me to uh, what real quality coffee is. And the Lord has blessed me immensely. Uh, diving deeper into that over the last seven or so years Uh, but yeah doing pour over grind boil whole thing it's about a five or six minute process that just kind of wakes me up it's awesome I love it I'm I'm excited about tomorrow morning right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's our first time having a coffee is the answer so appreciate that
0: what was your uh what beans did you we would normally ask like, you know, what's where would you eat? What's your favorite, you know, what's on uh, the menu. But
2: what beans did you make this morning? This morning, gosh. Uh so I have this subscription deal, it's called Trade. They send me a bunch of different deals every couple of weeks. Uh oh man, I can't remember what it's called. But my favorite would be like a African, you know, either Kenya or uh, Ethiopia. Uh, you know, just kind of more in honor of our African staff, man, uh, Nori. Love that. Love it.
0: Are we going right, are we go to off questions? Yeah, I thought you would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, if you could hop on a jet and go fly, go fly to any course in the world, where would you go? Uh, Augusta. Augusta. Very nice. And if you fly to Augusta and you play Augusta, who are the three others you're taking with you,
2: alive or dead? Gosh, uh, my dad, my brother. Gosh, I would say my mom. That my, if when when my when my son is a little bit older than him, for sure, Patton. Very sweet. Very gosh, she crushed. Then, Just got a new, new set. And he's ready to go.
1: Uh, and then we'll have a, we'll have another foursome that you get to play with in the afternoon that are not family. Who are those three?
2: Who are those guys? Uh, I'd say dragon. Mm, that's so sweet. Yeah, it is. Gosh, man. Who would that? I know this is supposed to be rapid fire. I think just simply for the entertainment value, I'd say Dragon, Scotty, and Brad.
1: (laughs) That would be incredible. Wow! Yeah, I hope that actually happens. Like, I hope at some point Scotty says, "Hey, fellas."
2: Hey, maybe that's a little a little kind of feeler out there. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Augusta's coming up. You need to you need to go get a. I don't know if they have pickleball courts there at Augusta though, so we might not go. That's that's what we spend
0: our (laughs) free time doing. Yeah, there is one guy in that group that can make that happen so easily. So
1: Yeah. Just text the, t- just text him this podcast. Scout out. Scout out. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Scotty. I love it. Man. Well, Travis, thank you so much for being on. Um being able to just hear a little bit more about your story. Hopefully, hopefully there's some guys in the area that maybe for some reason haven't met you, but now they know you're there. And they know more about you. And hopefully that can begin relationship with them. So you're a joy. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being on, man. Um and Toby, any last thoughts?
0: Nope, just grateful uh for you, Travis. Uh whenever we get together as a staff, it's fun to hang out and hopefully see you sooner rather than later. All right. Uh, love
2: you guys. Thanks for having me on. No doubt.
1: Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Golf Life Faith podcast. Whether you're a college golfer, a coach, or you just love golf, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at collegegolffellowship.com. Also, check us out on Instagram at collegegolffellowship and on Twitter at CGF Tweet. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and be on the lookout for the next episode next month. Cheers.